account recorded for us from verse uh, 21 all the way to verse 27. And we saw that when Jesus had heard of the news of the passing on of Lazarus, he went to comfort the family. And we actually saw last Sunday, we looked at the need for comfort. And we said that sin has brought about sorrow into this world. And because of the presence of sorrow, there is need for comfort. We considered the, the basis of comfort and we saw that the resurrection of Christ is the basis. And then in the third place we looked at the acceptance of comfort, which is saving faith. When the Lord Jesus Christ asked Martha, do you believe these things? This morning we come to uh, consider that emphatic statement of the Lord Jesus Christ in the statement, I am the resurrection and the life. It is recorded for us in verse 25 through to verse uh, 26. And uh, uh, the response of Martha is in verse 27. And the statement that the Lord Jesus Christ makes here, it's a statement that is very emphatic. The Lord Jesus Christ is saying to Martha and uh, through the recorded scripture saying to all of us that he is the resurrection and the life. And the question that all of us must wrestle with this morning is that do you believe this statement? Is this statement of the Lord Jesus Christ a present reality in your life today? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life? And that without, outside of him, there is no resurrection, there is no life. And if this statement is, is not a present reality in you, the question that Christ asked Martha is the question that is posed to you this morning. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? If you do not believe this, I challenge you, as we sang in the hymn, the hand of a hymn, come to the Savior, make no delay. So let's open up those verses and draw some lessons this morning. The first thing we see is that eternal life is from Jesus Christ. Eternal life is from Jesus Christ. Eternal life is in Christ. And we see this in the first part of verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. The statement that the Lord Jesus Christ makes is, is very stunning. It's a stunning claim. The Lord Jesus Christ is categorical and his meaning is unmistakable. He identifies himself in the present tense 
tense as the resurrection and the life. And as he identifies himself in this way, he also creates a platform to understand the rest of verse 25 and verse 26. And in the Gospel of John, this is the the fifth I am saying recorded in John's Gospel. Uh, To refresh your mind, you, you recall that John in chapter 6 and verse 35, he, he recorded the first I am, where he says, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Then in chapter 8 and verse 12, again there John records for us, where Jesus says, again in the present tense, as we see in all these sayings, in chapter 8 verse 12, the Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the light of the world. Then in chapter 10 and verse 9, the Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the door, as he talks about uh, him uh, being the care of the sheep. In chapter 10 verse 9, he says, I am the door. Then in chapter 10 and verse 11, we see again John records for us the saying of the Lord Jesus Christ, where Christ says, I am the good shepherd. And then we come to our passage where he says, I am the resurrection in chapter 11 and verse 25. Then in chapter 14 and verse 6, again you find the I am there, where he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And then in chapter 15 and verse 5, John records for us where Jesus says, I am the vine. And so you see that when we, in our fifth, I am saying of the the Lord Jesus Christ recorded in the gospel of John, John again brings this truth home where he says and records for us the saying of the Lord Jesus Christ where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And so John once again records this glorious claim of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is saying, he is in himself the very personification and accomplishment of resurrection life. Jesus himself is the resurrection life. And if you, not, if you notice the order in which John records, he begins by recording for us what Jesus says, that he begins with first recording the resurrection and then the life. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And the the. the, the the words of the Lord Jesus Christ are clear. Jesus Christ is communicating to us all that resurrection opens the gate to immortal life. It opens the gate to the life that he's talking about. Resurrection precedes and secures the life Jesus will give to those who believe. Jesus 
is the source of new life. And it's very interesting that the Lord Jesus Christ did not claim to have resurrection. He's not saying, I, I claim to have resurrection. Neither did he say that I understand the secrets of about resurrection and life. Rather, Jesus radically states that he is the resurrection and he is the life. And he's basically saying eternal life is only found in him. There is no eternal life outside the Lord Jesus Christ. He is life. He is the fullness of the blessed life of God. And outside of Christ, there is no life. And to know Jesus Christ, to believe in Jesus Christ, is to know and to have resurrection and to have life. And once again, John records for us the claim of the Lord Jesus Christ or the statement of Christ that he is God. In chapter, chapter 8, when he said, I am, they basically wanted to stone him. Because the audience understood what he was communicating. It took their minds back to Exodus 3 when God appeared to Moses and used this formula saying, God tell the people of Israel that I am who I am. And so when the Lord Jesus Christ uses these words in reference to himself, a Jewish audience will understand that Jesus Christ is claiming to be God. And John is very clear about recording these. He says to us in John 20 verse 31 that all these things are recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. And once again here when we see the Lord Jesus Christ saying to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus Christ is making this glorious statement saying, I am God. And without me, there is no life. And throughout the life of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth, he proved over and over that indeed he was God. From saying to his disciples in the storm, peace be still, to saying to the lame man, rise up and walk. And from saying to Lazarus, Lazarus come forth, to thy sins have been forgiven. And then finally on the cross, it is finished. All this is to show us that what Jesus said of himself was true. He is God. God the Son who came into this world. 
and to show the world that outside of Christ there is no eternal life. Eternal life is only found in Christ. Christ himself, he is eternal life. And so as you, as you wrestle with the questions of death this morning, as you wrestle with the questions about life on earth, answers that are running through your mind can only find meaning in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Eternal life, new life, Blessed life, life free from, from sin, life that offers meaning, life that shows you that you have a relationship with God the Father. It is life that is offered by the Lord Jesus Christ. And then she says here, I am the resurrection. I who stands before you, Martha. I who visited your home. I, I who feasted in your, in your home. I who walked the streets of Jerusalem. I am the resurrection and the life. There is no eternal life outside of Jesus Christ. In the second place we see that there is eternal life after physical death. There is eternal life after physical death. And listen to what the second half of verse 25 says. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. The death that is in view here is that of the physical death, that of the body. And John is recording for us that the, the glorious statement that the Lord Jesus Christ has just made, that I am the resurrection and the life, is now, begin, is now being developed by the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ himself systematically begins to develop what he had just said about him being the resurrection and the life. And he now says that whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying is this. That he is the resurrection and therefore whoever believes in him, though he dies, yet shall he live. And he's, he's saying Jesus is life and therefore 
everyone who lives and believes in Jesus shall never die. And so as, post, as, as John records for us, he's showing us this parallel th- uh, thinking or parallel uh, statement of the Lord Jesus Christ. And John shows us that the second clause reinforces the first when he says, whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. It's helping us to see what Jesus has said, that I am the resurrection and the life. And what John is really saying is that he's picturing here, is he wants us to picture a believer at the moment of death the moment of physical death, and Jesus is saying, anyone, whoever believes in me, or whoever believes abidingly in me, though he dies physically, yet he shall possess everlasting life in glory. He shall live possessing everlasting life in glory. And so you notice how John records it for us. Believing is followed by living. Whoever believes yet shall he live. Believing is followed by living. And John is very clear here as he records the words of the Lord Jesus Christ that Christ is saying, whoever believes in him, though he dies physically, he will live eternally in the presence of God. Charles Adon Spurgeon says, and I quote, Those that believe in Jesus Christ appear to die, but yet they live. They are not in the grave. They are forever with the Lord. They are not unconscious. They are with their Lord in paradise. Death cannot kill a believer. It can only usher him into a freer form of life. End of quote. And so we see here what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying to Martha and to all of us. That John is recording here that Jesus Christ is the true heavenly life. The life that transcends the material world. He is the eternal life that was with the Father and has come into this world to communicate to us life that the Father offers. Jesus Christ is saying to all of us that yes, a time will come when you will physically die. But that's not the end of it all. There is eternal life after physical death. 
For some, it will be eternal life in the flames of hell. For others, it will be eternal life in the presence of the glorious joy of God. Life does not end with physical death. It's just the commencement of an eternity in hell or in heaven. So Jesus Christ is saying, those who believe in him will live. There is a worry greater than cancer greater than losing a child in death or to death. There is a worry greater than losing your spouse or your parents. The most horrible thing that can happen to anyone is for them to live in this world and to die without Christ. To live their entire life without a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and then to die physically and to be ushered into hell. Nothing in this world or beyond can be compared with dying without the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a worry that must bother you. That's something that must cause you to daily ask yourself the question. If today was my last, where will I be? Where will I stand? Where will I spend the rest of eternity? The Bible is very clear that when you die physically, you either be in the presence of God or you'll be separated from God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. This is what the Bible has to say to those who die without Christ. 2 Thessalonians 1, 8 and 9. In flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. That's a picture that the Bible gives us. There is no thought more horrible than the thought of going to hell. Away from the love of God. With no hope of pardon. With no hope of release. For eternity in the flames of hell. Away from the God of love. 
Yet the sad reality that this would be the fate of many. For many have, have rejected Christ, continue to reject Christ. They do not believe in the person and, and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. They do not believe that Christ is the eternal life. He, he offers eternal life. Outside of him there is no eternal life. Many continue to live in this world, asking the question whether there is life beyond the grave. And they begin to speculate about what happens beyond the grave. And yet the only person who, who gives us answers or the only person who gives us hope beyond the grave, the Lord Jesus Christ, continue to be rejected. And every day, People are being ushered into the lake of fire. The Lord Jesus Christ is saying, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Believe and live. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And though you die physically, you will live. And so we see there that there is eternal life after physical death. There is eternal life. The question is, where will you spend it? Away from God or in the presence of God? And in the third place we see that there is eternal life in this life. There is eternal life in this life. And take note of what verse 26 says. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. What the Lord Jesus Christ is really saying there is that this eternal life that I give is not a, a, a futuristic thing. Yes, though it will be realized in the, in the future, that life begins now by you believing in me. That life I give, give begins now. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And the believer is pictured he, as he lives here on earth before he dies. The Lord Jesus Christ saying, before physical death comes, you have eternal life. Because you've believed in me, you will continue to live. And what the Lord Jesus Christ is really emphasizing here is this, that everyone who lives spiritually and believes abidingly in Christ shall never 
never die. Such a one is being assured that he will not be spiritually separated from God. Yes, a time will come when they will physically die. But Jesus is saying, have this in mind, that the life that I give, yes, you'll enjoy the fullness of it when your life on earth has come to an end. But the reality is that it begins while you're still on earth because you believed in me. And therefore, I give you eternal life and I give you my spirit that reminds you daily that you are mine and you have this life that physical death cannot take away from you. Whoever lives spiritually and believes abidingly in the Lord Jesus Christ shall never, never die. Such a one will enjoy eternity with God. He shall never, never be separated from God. He will be with God. And you notice again here the way John is bringing this parallel thinking of the Lord Jesus Christ. In this second clause you see Living and believing is followed by never, never dying. In the first clause, he had talked about believing and living. Now he's talking about living and believing followed by never, never dying. And so John confirms the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and seeks to bring hope to those who live in this world uh, are, are daily being bombarded by the cares of this world, by the trials of this world, daily being bombarded by their own sins. Jesus assures them that yes, though you live in this world and daily struggle with your own sin, if you live, and believe you will never die. And he's talking about spiritual, rather eternal death. Where on that day when the dead will be raised and will stand before the throne of God and when God judges the world, those who will be found outside Christ we will be eternally separated from God. They will die eternally. And this is what John is talking about. In the Bible, the Bible records for us three types or three kinds of death. There is spiritual death. All of us are born in this world spiritually dead, spiritually separated from God. We come into this world because of the sins of our forefathers. We are born sinners, spiritually dead. We don't want to have anything to do with God. 
And then the Bible talks about physical death, which is as a result of spiritual death. A time will come when all of us will leave this world through the door of death. And physical death is for all. Or at least may, most of us, because the Bible do record some who did not die physically. And then there's eternal death, which is referred to in the book of Revelation as the second death. Now, eternal death is that final death when all those who will be found outside Christ will be ushered into the lake of fire and will die eternally. Yes, the, we come into this world spiritually dead. We will physically die, but those who are in Christ have escaped the eternal death because Christ came into this world and died in their place. That whoever believes in him will not be separated from God. There are those who've died, who have died spiritually and who die physically who will not die eternally because of Christ and the life that he gives them. And then there are some who, who come into this world spiritually dead and they will die physically and they will die eternally because they've rejected the Son of God. And here the Lord Jesus Christ is assuring all those who are his that while you live in this world, you still possess the life that Jesus gives. Eternal life in this world and the life that will usher you into the presence of God. John Calvin asks the question, why then is Christ the resurrection? And then he goes on to answer. Because by his spirit, Jesus regenerates the children of Adam who have been alienated from God by sin so that they begin to live a new life. Death for God's children is a sort of freedom from the bondage of death. End of quote. What John Calvin is saying there is that physical death for Christian is in many ways freedom from the bondage of death, from the bondage of the fact of this reality that one day I would die. When it actually comes, it, free, it gives you this liberty from the fear of death. But that freedom would have started while you are still on earth because you are living and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus gives this wonderful life. And this life begins while you are still here on earth. Those who are saved those who are being saved, those who are believers will enjoy everlasting life in the presence of God. But it begins while they are still on earth. God's children 
are in a state of being in which they can never die. They can never eternally die. Because they know the Prince of Life, the Lord Jesus Christ. Though physical death can claim their bodies, but their souls will continue to live with their God. Do you have this assurance that you have eternal life while you still live on earth? Yes, a time will come when you are going to realize and live in the fullness of it. But where do you live today? Are you assured that this eternal life is yours? Do you have this hope that Christ came and conquered death, conquered your sins, and in him he gives a fullness of life, he gives abundant life, he gives a life that gives you freedom from the penalty of sin. A life that gives you freedom from the reign of sin in your life. Do you have this assurance? For you, life is not worth living. Because of its overwhelming trials or challenges. And so you convince yourself that if I can physically die, that's the end of it. But that's not what the scripture says to us. That physical death is not the end of it. There is eternal life after physical death in the presence of God or in a way separated from God. And for us as God's children, when we die, we're going to have the time of our lives when the time of our life on earth is over. That day will come and we know it. Every day we're being reminded of it by the power of the Holy Spirit that we belong to Christ and we are going to have the time of our lives when the time of our life on earth is over. When we are called and carried away in the presence of God and all will be carried away by his glorious, splendid presence. Is this true of you this morning? Can you say with all your heart that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? And I've experienced it. I'm living in it. And I'm a product of his amazing grace that he shared for me on the cross. Can you say this with certainty and assurance? 
everyone in this room is trusting in something or in someone. Everyone is trusting in something or in someone. And everyone in this room and those watching us via different platforms believe that they will one day be in the presence of God. They have some, some kind of hope for heaven. But the question is, what is it that you are believing or trusting to get you to heaven? For God's children, their trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they know that outside Christ, there is no life. There's no hope for heaven outside Christ. But what is it that you are trusting in this morning? Your religious activities? Your church membership? The religion of your parents? What is it that you are trusting in why you've placed your confidence that it will usher you into heaven? Because I know you have a longing for that life that God offers. But what is it that you are trusting in this morning? If it's not Jesus Christ, you're on your way to hell. Leave that path and trust in Christ. He is the resurrection and the life. No one will be found in, in heaven who is outside the Lord Jesus Christ. The hymn that we'll be singing shortly calls all of us to look and live, to look to Jesus now and live. It is recorded in the word of God and it is only that you look and live. Life is offered unto you. Would you look and live, my brother live? Would you look and live, my sister live? Look to Jesus now and live. If you don't look to Christ, you will not live. Because only Christ gives life. For he himself is the resurrection and the life. Amen.